110 days in Ann Arbor, Michigan on the football field. We don't want to coach average. We do want to win because winning is the epitome of team effort. Every coach who ever put a whistle around their neck strives to be the head coach at The Ohio State University. Welcome back, everybody, to Buckeye Bar Guys here on Buckeye Bar Talk. I'm Mike. And I'm John. Tonight's date is uh, Monday, November 7th, 2022. And we're going to talk about the, the Buckeyes victory over Northwestern. Uh, sorry about the voice, a little under the weather, uh, knocked out my voice this weekend. So, uh, <clears throat> we're going to trudge through this though. So the Buckeyes won 21 to seven, um, you know, definitely well below what both of us said. It was, uh, crazy winds on uh Saturday. I mean, what do they said? There's some gusts that were up to 80 miles per hour. So. I mean, which is crazy to think about that they had gusts that, uh, you know, that hard. Um, you could definitely tell it was nuts. I mean, either you were going against it and it looked like you were, I mean, it looked like everybody was running slower to begin with when they were going against it mm-hmm. and, uh, or you were going with it and the ball was sailing about 30 yards. So, right. I mean, it was just, it was one of those days. Yeah. I mean, but, yeah, definitely just one of those days that, wasn't quite what you expected, but you know, that's, that's what happens sometimes over this part of the country. Yeah. Um, so, um, but so 21 to seven, I mean, that's obviously Northwestern is not at that level. If, uh, if the weather was a little better, obviously I, I think Ohio state would have scored a lot more points. I think, uh, kind of the, the big thing, um, that kind of still gets me and I know it gets you too. It just seems like, you know, even in a situation like this, the running game should be all of the work because, uh, you know, even if they know it's coming, uh, but again, very hard. It was, it was hard to establish the run as the game went on running game did get a lot better. Um, once I think they kind of realized that there wasn't going to be a lot of throwing that, you know, and then you saw Stroud, you know, actually use his legs some in both the design runs and in uh, um, uh, just scrambling some. And so that was a good sign. And so once they kind of got the writing game going, you know, was it perfect? No, but they did a lot better as the game kind of went on. Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of reminded me of a game against like a service academy. You know, that that's kind of like the best way I can think of it is like a team that's just dedicated to running the ball that, you know, they knew they weren't going to throw on you and they had a plan for your throwing. I mean, even though it was just kind of like the weather was their 12th defender out on the field, but they were just, you know, playing keep away, um, trying to take all the possessions away from the game. So obviously, you know, talent wasn't equated. I mean, we should have. Ohio state should have been able to run a lot more effectively on a bad run defense. So there is no excuse for that, but that's kind of what the way I think of it, like Pat Fitzgerald knew going into the game, you know, exactly what his plan was for each side that he had the ball. Maybe Ryan day wasn't as prepared as what Fitzgerald was. It kind of felt that Ohio state wasn't, it was the least prepared team on the field, but that's kind of like what I think about is just those times that, you know, we've played Navy in the past, you know, a triple option team that is just hard to get the ball back from them sometime. And you just, the clock just 
you lose it. You know, it just it runs away from you because of just how long they're able to hold on to the football. So that I mean, that's kind of what I felt about the game. But still, I, I'm still going to say there's no excuse for, you know, not being able to run on these guys. But and just like I said, the weather was kind of like their 12th defender out there. Yeah, I think. um I mean, obviously, like you, and Fitzgerald, I mean, he told uh, the ESPN guys prior to the game, you know, when they had the wind at their back, they were going to try to play with more tempo, and they obviously did. When they were going against the wind, they were going to really slow the game down, which, again, they obviously did. It seemed like Ryan Day's maybe strategy was that he just kind of wanted to keep on going because, you know, he wanted to try to get into a groove, and then, you know, regardless if the wind was going against them or not, um, it's just, I think it took Stroud. I mean, the passing game really wasn't there the whole game, but it did take Stroud a little bit to kind of get used to the win situation mm-hmm. because, you know, you needed to really throw the ball hard when you were going against it. And uh, he started doing a little bit better. They started doing a little bit more shorter routes for him yeah. in those situations. Um, and then on the opposite side, it was like, you know, put too much air under it or whatever, try to hit it hard. Uh, it was going to sail on you. So, Again, it just <clears throat> took him a minute to kind of get going, you know. But I was very pleased with the runs. I mean, that was really, you think about it, kind of the difference of the game because they, uh, even though at a point after that one drive, it just seemed like Northwestern couldn't score on them. Right. But the game was just so close that, you know, any bad thing that <clears throat> went against them would be kind of like, could put them on upset alert big time. And, you know, Northwestern got into the end zone. So those, those runs that Stroud had, you know, kind of saved the day for him in a lot of ways to think about it because he uh, was something that Northwestern was absolutely not expecting. Yeah. And uh, Ohio state, you know, they, they did have a couple, like he did do a, pretty good job of actually being variable out of the formations that people had, you know, critiqued him on running. They ran a lot of different, like as far as, you know, actual running plays, they ran a lot more running plays than what they had been. Um, They did a lot more out of the pistol than what they had been. I mean, they had two different, you know, bootleg play actions that credit to Northwestern. I mean, they played very disciplined football, and the play was designed both times to go to Cade Stover on a bootleg and the Northwestern, I don't know if it was linebacker and safety, whomever it was, they stayed right with him the whole time. I mean, they were right there behind him. So credit to them for being very disciplined because that was something that, you know, Ohio State obviously knew that they weren't going to have much success running deep routes. Um, so that was something that they thought probably could have been a killer if it was open and it wasn't either time. And then there were what? I mean, I think they only said three drops, but let's, I mean, CJ with all, all factors considered, he didn't throw the ball half bad. I mean, there were a lot of times that it was to his receivers and they didn't come up with the play. Yeah. Um, definitely, uh, definitely agree with that, that, um, you know, there was a, uh, I mean, there were some bad plays by the receivers. I mean, Fleming and Stover, like you said, just, I mean, it was uncharacteristic in a mm-hmm. lot of ways. Um, you know, Igbuka dropped a touchdown. I mean, sure. You know, touchdown. I mean, outside of Marv, I mean, they all, everybody else kind of left something to really be desired out there. 
you know, again, they were shorthanded with the running backs. Uh, you know, Mayan was there. Uh, Trey stayed home. You know, so yeah. that had, uh, you know, some things. But again, you know, when Mayan looked good on some plays and on other plays, it was like, you know, Northwestern was waiting for him. It wasn't like, was that a missed block? Was he just not moving to the hole quick enough? I mean, there's, I think, just a lot of mixture of a lot of things. Uh, you know, are they being a little too predictable in some spots? Uh, you know, is, are they running the exact same play out of the exact same formation? I mean, there's a lot of things going on, you know, that, you know, are just out there. Um, so, yeah, the running game was definitely, uh, I would say, a concern offensively. De- defensively, I don't really... <clears throat> I don't really have necessarily a concern per se. Mm-hmm. It was the most rushing yards they gave up. Um, so is this a, was, is this an outlier or is this a, now a concern going forward? We will see over the next couple of weeks, you know, obviously that makes you a little nervous with Michigan coming down, uh, you know, the barrel at you, but you know, right now I'm just going to say it was just an odd day. And, uh, they caught Ohio state in a few looks and, you know, was able to exploit it. Yeah. I would say defensively Ohio state had a, more missed tackles than they would want. Um, defensive ends probably played their worst game as far as, you know, setting the edge and they really bit a lot on, you know, the zone reads and let the quarterback get on the outside of them. Um, times that, you know, when they were going with the wildcat, they were going out of a pretty much a goal line set, didn't even have their quarterback on the field. And, maybe took Knowles a little too long to react to that, but I don't really think so. Cause it didn't really hurt them. So I, I mean, they got the one drive, but you know, they, they got a lot of yards on that. And I think Knowles came back pretty quickly with his different looks, you know, more linebackers on the field, bigger personnel. Um, but I mean, it, I, I think of anything that was just it. I don't, I don't know if I'm necessarily concerned about their run defense with, you know, Michigan in a couple of weeks is just how quickly can you identify, you know, if Michigan's going to start go, you know, big packages and running on you, you can get the right personnel in there. And I think Knowles did a fine job. I mean, we saw against Michigan last year that Combs made no adjustment whatsoever to what Michigan was going to do. And it just wore on our defense and, we all know how it ended in that, how that second half went against the run. And I don't think this really gave us much reason to be concerned except for, you know, a bad team had a decent day running on us. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, And they also weren't passing the ball. I mean, you know, you would, sure. You would love for that, get out of there without giving up all, you know, a hundred total yards, but it is what it is. I mean, it's not, I'm not too concerned about it. Tackling bothered me more than anything and um, bad, you know, gap assignments. Yeah. They had a couple bad angles too. Some of the stuff maybe we saw a little bit of last year, but again, I think in general, they've been a lot better in those positions this Mm -hmm. year. Um, so again, is that just an outlier of a game? Yeah. So I'm not really sure. Um, I mean, I know there wasn't necessarily a lot of offense, but I mean, you have a player of the game offensively and you know, they, you want to throw some, somebody, at least <laughs> you thought did something that you weren't expecting. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, um, I I'll say my, and he, he did, you know, he had a big run and he toughed out 
a lot. Um, I think there's only two choices for offensive player of the game. So I'll take him. I'll let you have the other one. Yeah, I'll just say CJ just because and he did the stuff that a lot of people have been asking him to do. And Ryan Day did some of the stuff that a lot of people, I mean, he kept the designed run, you know, on a zone read, mm-hmm. you know, he took off a, they even ran a power play and where I think he got like four yards. I mean, he had a couple of scrambles. So like, yeah. you know, and he did, he had a couple of scrambles last week too. So, I mean, and that's the thing. If somebody's got to give it to you, you know, I know you like throwing the ball down the field, but you know, I mean, there's a lot of times this year and I know he's not the, the fastest guy in the world. He looks uncomfortable doing it, but if they're going to give you 10 yards, take the first down, right? And, you know, exactly. You know, move on, just move right to the sideline and get out of bounds. I mean, it was BS on that first one he had, and they didn't give him that first down on that one. I mean, maybe the ball was still over out of bounds when he crossed out with his feet. I don't know, but it sure as hell looked like it was good to me. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought too. I mean, it, it, like you said, it may be when the ball, when he goes out of bounds, it's behind the sticks, but it was pretty damn close. Yeah. I thought, I thought he got it. I mean, it looked up. It looked, it, it looked clearly like a first down to me, but and, and he did have it in the wrong hand. I think the, you know, I mean, just real quick back on the, the concerns and then I, you know, we'll move. I mean, we knew that this, uh, the discussion on the game necessarily wouldn't be too long, but uh, mm-hmm. you know, we'll talk about some of the other games here for a little bit that happened around the country. But I think one last, one last thing I kind of want to mention is again, it just kind of seems like kind of seems like when day gets out of his head, he just, he really starts panicking a little easy. Uh, and I don't, I don't know necessarily if I like that. I mean, everybody knows how good of a play caller he is, but when he gets off script, it gets really weird for him at times. And I think, like he needs that halftime to kind of sit down, cool down yeah. and kind of figure out, you know, what he's doing. And it was like, and I don't know, maybe if just teams were just, ex- if he just caught a lot of teams off guard in 19, but it just never felt like that in 19. It was always like, you know, you know, the first quarter was used to kind of gauge the other team. And then the second quarter was, you know, the explosion yeah. and he was ready to go. Once he figured out what they were trying to do, he was ready to, you know, tear it apart. And it just seems like it seems like it kind of, if it's not working right away, it takes him really, it kind of takes him through the first half until he really starts getting comfortable with it. So I, I guess, I mean, it's nice that he's making uh, adjustments. You know, that's very positive. I'd be really nervous if he was making no adjustments. So they were just kind of like writing these things out, you know, um, but you know, it just seems like he was a lot quicker before. And like I said, new coach, maybe he just got a lot of teams off guard. Well, maybe now that they got a few years of stuff on him, that maybe there are some tendencies in there that defensive coordinators see that, you know, the naked eye, you know, observer like us just don't see. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) you know, great, strong, offensive line paired with jk dobbins really helps a lot of things stay on schedule and you know 2019 and justin fields that picks up the you know picks up first downs with his feet i mean that's been all i think that's a lot of the problem is just not being able to be in short yardage on second down that really you know has hurt the team over the last couple years um 
but I mean, I'm, I, I have no doubt Ryan Day can fix it. It's just like you said, it, it takes a little bit longer this, the last year or two to fix it. Maybe because he just doesn't have those types of guys that, you know, with the, that keeps everything on schedule that way they can break, you know, because they've picked up their second or third first down of the drive. Now you got someone that can break the big play because the defense is starting to get worn down a little bit. Yeah. Now just, I mean, that's just kind of just an observer, you know, just something I've observed over the last, you know, a couple of years. And it just seemed like maybe it would be a little different this year. And there was definitely, you know, a point of the season <clears> where it felt like it was different, but you know, you know, Penn State, obviously, Iowa, Penn State, the uh, last couple of weeks, you know, there's some better defenses they played against. Yeah. Um, and this week was just like, but, I mean, it was really just, that was just crazy weather. And I know a lot of people think it's an excuse, but I mean, I guess unless you play in it, you know, it's, you know, it is what it is. And there was a lot of crazy weather around the country. Yeah. You know, it's, it's unseasonally warm, but there was a lot of rain and wind around the country. So. I mean, it wasn't like we were the only ones that struggled in spots. It was just that uh, it's just, it is what it is, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you got it. Yeah. I mean, it'll be interesting to see what tomorrow's playoff committee, you know, rankings look like. Um, Cause yeah, it was a rough, it was a rough week for a lot of teams. And obviously, you know, we did play the worst team, but a lot of teams did not have success on the road this week. Um Yeah. You know, Michigan, you know, Michigan did pull away from Rutgers in the second half, but they were losing at halftime. Uh, Alabama, of course, you know, lost on the road. Tennessee lost to Georgia on the road. So I would assume Georgia is going to be the new number one on the committee. Um, who else? Oh, Clemson lost on the road in South Bend. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, I think. The, um, well, I'm, you got anything more you want to talk about with Northwestern or you want to talk about some of these teams? Uh, I don't know. I mean, Northwestern is kind of like, really, it's what you you teach that we got to be tougher. I mean, when people know we're going to run, we got to be able to run at them. Um, maybe learn some stuff from the play calling for day, learn some stuff from play calling and toughness from the players, but all in all, you know, burn that tape. That, that, that was something that no one wants to watch again. Yeah. That's kind of how I feel. Um, you know, moving into some of the games we saw, I think the interesting thing, you know, what we're going to see tomorrow with the playoffs, um, you know, is Ohio State still going to be two or is Michigan going to jump them? I mean, that's, you know, pos- I think that's number two and three right now, just yeah. depending where, you know, they decide to spot everybody. Um, and I think, you know, obviously TCU, I think will be, you know, they even struggle, you know, some of their games. Sure, yeah. So, I mean, you know, it always seems like there's all, whether it's, it's, it always seems like it's either the last week of October or the first week of November where like two, two or three big time teams go down. That's like kind of where the chaos all hits, starts hitting. Um, so, I mean, it's definitely was not a surprise. I mean, Notre Dame, I mean, they, they just smoked Clemson for, you know, the most part. I know Clemson scored a couple touchdowns at the end of, Make it look a little bit better, but I mean that was all Notre Dame that whole game, and you know that was good to see. At least, I mean, you can say what you want. Ohio State doesn't need help; they just need to win out. But it's something. At least it goes on the resume that you know Notre Dame's 
kind of showing up now down the yeah. stretch and they're, you know, they're putting up a fairly good season from a rough start. So, you know, and that was a good win for them. No, I, I, I agree. Um, what was the most surprising game to you? Let's start there. Even though I picked them to win, I mean, I, I didn't really expect LSU to beat Alabama. I mean, that was kind of like, no, it was a hell of a game. I mean, there's obviously a lot of points, but I knew early in that game, I'm like, you know, uh, this is going to be a close game. LSU's going to stick with them. That's, okay, so the, that, that was what I was going to ask. I mean, th- like there's times, you know, freaky things at home, freaky things with the weather. Did you expect the game to look that even, though, between the two squads? I wasn't really sure. I was. I would say no. Because LSU, I mean, it wasn't like a couple lucky plays. Like LSU, I mean, yeah. they played uh, better LSU. than they they played better than Alabama the whole game. I haven't watched a lot of LSU this year, so I wasn't really sure. Like you know, tennis. Like I watched a decent portion of the A and M game. I felt like A and M should have beat them. You know, obviously Texas should have beat. Them. You know, Tennessee did beat them. So I'm just like. Is LSU, if they're kind of like equal talent and stuff like that, this could be an opportunity for them to win. I didn't necessarily, I mean, I don't, like I said, I picked them and stuff like that, but in the back of the head, I was kind of regretting it. And I'm like, I shouldn't have went with that. But I'm like, but if LSU, if this gets into a dog fight and LSU is actually a comparable team to them, we've now seen where they have lost two other games where they should have lost. I'm like, this is not, Nick Saban's best team, mm-hmm. you know, obviously. So I'm like, there could be a situation, you know, Baton Rouge is a hard place to play that, you know, and let's face it, as much as I've liked to give Brian Kelly crap over the years, he's the best coach that they've had probably since Nick Saban in 2004. Like, so, right. Like that, I mean, I think he's a better, I mean, Miles, I know has a title, and Ogeron has a title, but I, I have always, I think Brian Kelly is a better coach than them. Yeah. And so like, I've felt like if that game could get, if they could keep that game tight, that could be a very interesting game and they could pull it out. I was surprised. So that I felt LSU was very equal in, in the game. I, you know, they were not out of place at all in that game and mm-hmm. were, and they had a, there was no lucky breaks. I mean, they had, um, they just, outplayed them they're just i mean they played very good defense they played good offense when they had to alabama had a hard time with the quarterback and they were an opportunity at the end of the game to win it yeah and they got the bryce you know i I mean i'm not gonna say like easily but they got the bryce you know a decent number of times in that game i mean i was very impressed with what else you came to play with that day um so obviously, uh, for me, I would say I'm not necessarily, even though I think I did say they were going to win out, right? I'm not surprised Tennessee lost to Georgia. I'm not surprised Tennessee didn't, you know, that Georgia looked dominant against Tennessee. I'm surprised that Tennessee absolutely could do nothing, though, against Georgia. Um, and then, you know, weather got bad and neither one really could do much to the other one. But my God, I mean, for a team that, you know, their whole success is predicated on downfield throws, or at least that's that's what sets them up. And they had no idea. Like they, they had nothing for Georgia's delayed blitzing. I mean, Georgia just, they killed hooker. Like I, I am surprised that they made him look so just average. I mean, from the year that he was having, like 
people talk about Stroud when he gets pressure, gets people in his face. I mean, Hendon Hooker looked lost in that game. It just Georgia was doing whatever they wanted to it. And I mean, all they had to do was, you know, send a delayed blitz here and there and they were getting to him and hell, I mean, Georgia's still the team because <laughs> their defense, yeah. when they need them most people, you know, they lost all this firepower on defense and they're going to go against the best offense that they've seen in two years. And hell no, man, they, they weren't having that crap. They, <laughs> they're like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to get his ass on the ground and he's not going to throw all over us doing that. Um, yeah. So I, I was a little shocked when that, you know, hooker, Stroud and Young, which was lucky for Stroud, of course, but they all had very, uh, you know, average games, below average games on the same day. Uh, I think that, um, I think Georgia definitely put the, you know, the whole country back on notice that, you know, the national title, you know, I know it's in Los Angeles, but for technically it's going back to three athletes. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. For sure. Uh, I mean, that, and that's all teams. That's us. That's Michigan. You know, that's whoever they're going to play in the SEC title game. You know, that's TCU. Yep. It's just, that was a very impressive defensive performance. And I was, yeah, it made me surprised. Very surprised Tennessee didn't try him a little bit more down the field is because, you know, they did have a couple spots there where, you know, they just, he just missed the wide receiver that was open. Um, I was surprised they didn't try it a little couple more times to see if they could have one. Yeah, I I thought so too. Let's I mean, they had six sacks on him in that game. I mean, it was just yeah, I mean they punished him, man. That was that was about as dominant of a performance that you could see and you know make the number one team in the country look very average. And I'm not, I'm, this isn't the show to, you know, go pick fights with other fan bases unless it's Michigan. But I mean, that, that was a slice of humble pie that some of these Tennessee fans kind of deserve to be honest with you, man. They were talking a lot of smack uh, being ranked number one for the first time in freaking forever. I mean, they won a title in 98 and they haven't done much since then. So I don't know where a lot of them got off coming at me about, you know, Ohio state, not deserving where they were about grand, you know, Tennessee deserved it for the win that they had, but it's a little too soon to be, you know, talking like that. Yeah. Um, I will say that, uh, you know, we kind of mentioned this on the last show. It was kind of interesting how hypeful, how he was going to react to it, how he was going to be able to take it. I mean, every other coach, Kirby smart, Nick Saban, um, Debo and day and even Harbaugh. I mean, Harbaugh's had several, I mean, if you think about, I mean, yeah, he played the playoffs last year, but he's had other opportunities where he's been in the top four. Yeah. So every one of these coaches, you know, have been in this level of, uh, you know, success before in the playoff era. And so, you know, and hypo, he made a couple comments last week where I'm like, like, man, you got to, that ain't coach speak. I mean, it's coach speak, but it's not coach. Speak. Right. And the rest of them are all doing coach. Speak, man. And they've all kind of been there, done that. So I was very interested how, you know, he was going to take it. And it just seemed like that, uh, Georgia Kirby smart. They were out to like prove everybody that, you know, they're still the big dogs on campus. So, mm -hmm. you know, no pun intended, I guess, but, uh, that they were, uh, but yeah, they are, it was very, impre very impressive. 
All right. Um, I, I mean, I know we don't put much stock into the, you know, the playoff rankings until the final one, but if you had to say a top six tomorrow, what would your prediction be? Um, I'm going to say number one is going to be uh, Georgia. I'm very torn on number two, number three, just because I think, I think we'll stay at number two, but I think it's going to be very close that Michigan will be three, but I think there's going to be a lot of discussion in the committee. Should Michigan be number two? And, you know, they did pull away a lot better than we pulled away. Rutgers is a better team on paper than Northwestern is. So I would say two Ohio state, Michigan three, TCU four. Um, And I'm going to say, I want to say Tennessee is probably going to be six and I'm going to say Oregon is going to be five. I think that's what I'm going to go with. Okay. Uh, I think Oregon's being very, very impressive. They needed a couple teams to lose for, I think if some teams did it. If a couple teams lost or other couple teams didn't lose, they would have a hard time getting past that Georgia loss. Cause that was such a decisive loss. But I think that, you know, now a few more teams have lost plus, it kind of helps Georgia out. You know, they'll be like, well, they've just blew out the number five and six mm-hmm. teams. Yeah. You know, they are definitely the number one team in the country. How far up do you think LSU can move? I mean, I, I, don't, I don't see them. I don't think they can skip USC. So maybe. Where were they, where were they again? 10. I think they're eight. You know, I think USC probably be seven. I think. Like who else is? I'm trying to think who's else in there. It, uh, Ole, Ole Miss is still in there. Yeah, Ole Miss is still in there. They were nine, right? Or no, were they seven? Or they? I don't. I I honestly don't remember. Are they or were they behind them? Were they eleven? They might have been eleven. I don't. I I honestly don't remember. No, because TCU was seven. They were outside the top six. So Oregon was eight, USC was nine, and LSU was ten. So, I mean, yeah, I, so I think I can see I nine. Think, I think, I think USC will move up to seven, and I think LSU will move up to eight. Well, who would be nine then? I Ole Miss. Where's Alabama? Ten. Yeah. Alabama will be nine or 10. I'm going to say they're not going to be in front of LSU. And um, so I'll say Bama will be a nine or 10 and Ole Miss will be the other one. I think I have mine the same as you um, as far as the top six goes. I, I'm going to switch. I'm going to give Michigan two and Ohio State number three, though. I do think the last couple of weeks, Michigan has been more dominant than Ohio State. And I think the committee is going to kind of cite that, that as the year goes around. They, Michigan has just seems like a more controlling team. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see how it all plays out. Obviously that doesn't matter once you get to November 26. So Buckeyes just handle yeah. their business. Um, and, uh, you know, they'll be fine, but I, I think right now in the rankings we're I'm, we're going to see Michigan number two for the playoff committee. Yeah. Um, just one more thing I wanted to hit just real quickly. If some craziness, I mean, I don't, I think Georgia is obviously probably, you know, in the playoff, even if they lose in the conference championship game, if 
a two loss LSU or a two loss Ole Miss knockoff Georgia. Do you think if, if there has to be some other losses somewhere else, but do they get in? Does we finally see a two loss team in the playoff if it's in the SEC? It's got conference. It's got to be LSU or Alabama. You don't think Ole Miss could do it if they, uh, if somebody, I mean, I don't think Mm-mm. they don't have the cachet They They went and let a two loss Ole Miss. And I, I don't think so at least, but you know, I could be wrong. I mean, they love the sec champion so much. So maybe, yeah, I don't, now that I think about it. Yeah, probably. Cause it's the sec champion and that's just holds so much more weight than any other conference in the eyes of the playoff committee, which I mean, they're not necessarily wrong about it, but I think that would be wrong for that. Um, I don't, I mean, you can't give it to, you can't let one lost Georgia and one lost Tennessee in that wouldn't seem right. Like I'm almost ready to say, unless, you know, Georgia gets upset here twice in the next couple of weeks and Tennessee gets back into the conference championship. I don't see a path where Tennessee is getting in because honestly, I don't see them as long as that November 20, whatever eighth game is a good game or whatever. I don't see them able. I could see a one loss Georgia at number one that loses their one loss in the conference championship game, staying in the playoff. But I don't see if Georgia goes undefeated, knocks out, two loss LSU, let's say, and then there's that one loss Tennessee. I think almost I would have to say that I think the loser of the Ohio State Michigan game, as long as that game is a good game, is probably the fourth team in. Mm-hmm. Assuming TCU is, you know, undefeated. But I could say that I think a conference championship one loss at that point, it's either going to be an undefeated TCU as the third team you know, let's say it's, you know, Georgia's in the Ohio state, Michigan winner is in, you know, um, and that's undefeated Georgia undefeated Ohio state or Michigan, you know, if TCU is still undefeated they're in, and then it comes down to the one loss loser of Ohio state, Michigan, you know, uh, one loss Tennessee that doesn't even make a conference championship game either. Or, you know, possibly a one-loss Oregon or USC sitting there in the Pac-12. And then probably one of them would probably be number four. So, yeah, like, because that would be a conference championship. And I would say they probably would be the deserving team at that point. Um, so, yeah, pitcher's a little clearer now that a couple teams have lost. It seems like Bama's out. Um, but still some still football to go. Yes, sir. All right. Well, I'm good to get on out of here if you are. Yeah, sorry again about the voice. Yeah, Mike, Mike rest up, get some hot tea. Um, try to get that voice back for our next show this week. But thank you, everyone, for stopping out tonight to the Buckeye Bar. I'm John. And I'm Mike. O-H-I-O. I-O.